Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. I am your host, Tyler Brown. Today is Sunday, April 4th, uh, Easter Sunday, and I'm joined by my usuals, uh, Sean and Josh. How are you guys doing today? Hot. Feeling Swell blessed terrain. on this blessed day. I'm a Praise sizzly you. chicken. All and I'm hail. Broasted. All hail Jesus. Did you say broasted? Broasted. Well, I'm stealing that. Well, uh, this is going to be our comics uh, review episode, kind of just more of like uh, the traditional uh, book club kind of conversation that we're going to be having about this, the week of uh, March 30th, I believe is when uh, everything released. Uh, so we're going to be talking about a couple different things. Um, I'm going to let you guys know uh, going into this, I haven't read Decorum 7 yet, but go ahead and uh, talk about it because uh, my shop didn't send it to me, um, but that's okay. I would missed like a couple know. things. Every episode I, begins. I every episode begins with Tyler saying, "Oh, I didn't get around to reading this." It's pretty much true. I am the worst. I am a devil worshiper. I'm a sinner. Uh, I'm a user, an abuser, and a loser. And are you a late night toker. <laughs> I do my loving on the run. I'm a joker. Cool. I'm a smoker. And all hail Joe Walsh, the all singer, hail... the musician. That's Steve Miller. No, it's... A... Oh, sorry. I'm thinking of a different... Uh... You failed. Fuck off. Let's, let's just scrap everything. Let's start over. Sean, <laughs> Sean. Listen, we can just kick him out. It's fine. Yeah. I don't it's blame fine. you. We can do this. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be episode uh, 13, 14, uh, depending on like what you want to qualify as some of our episodes, um, depending on how much you look at like our comic news, distributions, bonus episodes, what have you. But this is the official... like. 14th episode technically so let's get started what should we talk about first big book of the week crossover numero five it's been a lot of fun i yeah. really enjoyed this uh, written by this is... written by donny cates not by okay Jeff i just want to go back and say it was the oh. good steve miller the steve miller band and not the bad steve miller oh my god you know it's that okay. was the confusion what? that i was trying to get over you made him leave he's like no i'm having this conversation <laughs> with steve miller anymore i'm out of here and he's back thank god I was expecting you to whack out the Wikipedia page and just start reading about his life. Whack out? <laughs> yeah. So, crossover number five. Uh, this has been the continuation uh, uh, leading up to the end of the first story arc. Uh, in it, we have Valifax being taken from the team and them kind of coming into a conflict at an end. Um, I kind of felt like this was... This one had more pacing issues than the other uh, issues. Yeah, not a great issue. I still enjoyed it, but I definitely acknowledge it's good. It's not was, great. This was an issue that had a lot of um, what I feel like is editorial probably telling him you got to start picking it up a little bit. Yeah, and if that's not the case, then I feel like it was a strange decision to make this feel as rushed as it was. This cover is gorgeous. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the aspects of yeah the cover, did. which is a throwback um, to the um, cover two, I believe, of God Country. Um, I believe so. Or yeah. cover three, ah. maybe. Neat. Uh, this very much is, and I mean I've seen this with love, but this very much is Donny Cates, you know, celebrating his own work <laughs> in a lot of yeah. ways. But I like his stuff, so I don't really have that much of an issue with it. Um, I would say that this one was 
this definitely makes me want to read the next one. I mean, there's there's yeah, definitely well, no issue with that. I think part of the problem with this one is it was just a lot more action than before. I would agree with that. So I think yeah. it didn't have the time to spend, like... Yeah, it was just a very fast issue, I feel. It wasn't it, bad, but... Well, got, I don't have an issue. Go ahead. I've got two big issues with this. Okay. At the start of the issue, we have this guy that they're bringing in, like, oh, we caught another superhero or whatever. But, I mean, at this point, they know they can identify, like, everyone can see the visual difference between a, you know, person from this world and a person from the comic book universe. They've got the, you know, all the dots and whatnot. Sure. I don't know how they mistake this guy for a comic book person. Yeah. As soon as yeah, I opened I that, as soon as I opened that page, I was like, but he's not colored, right? Yeah, it does seem like a strange choice. Like, did they just think that because like he was beat up that maybe he was like discolored or something? Like they should be able to recognize maybe. that. I mean, the first issue when they have uh what's her face, you know, blowing up everything uh for attention. I mean, the first thing they say is like, hey, look at uh how, look at how she looks. She's obviously one of them. You know. Yeah. All of, all of the characters from that unit from this comic book universe or universes have that pointillism kind of shading style. So, if this has been going on for a while, why were they so why were they so thrown off by that? Is this supposed to be something that only we can see and they can't? No, because they well, dyed no, but... they dyed um, the little girl's hair in one of the previous issues to make her look more human. Yeah, yeah, and they put makeup on her and everything. Yeah. So the only thing that I can think of that must justify why this is the case is because they think he's wearing makeup. Well, they must just trust the call. I mean, they must just be like, yeah, this is the one that's been reported, so we better just not take any risks. But I mean, even then, it seems like a kind of yeah choice, I guess. I don't know. All right. The second big issue I had was they must have been going for a record of how many ellipses can we put in one issue? Mm. The number of times that anybody gets interrupted or changes course midstream mid sentence is astounding so many times people get interrupted like no conversation gets completely finished throughout this entire comic do you think that was a creative choice do you think that that was because he was trying to make a point about what's going to happen in the future or do you think that was just like kind of like a cheeky haha her name is ellipse ellipses yeah, well, I mean, her name is Ellipses, and they put a ton in this. So I don't know if it's, it's entirely, in, it's entirely be sort of like intentional. A... But everybody in this issue is just talking over each other, and nothing gets said mm. fully. I wonder why that is. I mean, I can't really think of like what the issue would be like uh, leading up to that. I feel like it's definitely trying to make an interesting point about building up this character uh, for how strong she's going to be in the future. I yeah. mean, she makes that Keanu Reeves joke about how she knows Kung Fu now. Yeah. Well, I thought Sean would have railed against this as well as kind of like Brian Michael Bendis type dialogue. I actually was thinking that exact same thing when I was reading this. No, it's a lot of interruptions, but it's still... They're still having proper conversations, but just interrupting each other. It's not Bendis where it's like, oh, Bendis, Bendis, Bendis the writer, Bendis the writer. <laughs> like that yeah, they move along forth. after they get interrupted. They don't try and go back and say, what I was really trying to say was, get the fuck down. We're about to die. Yeah, like <laughs> I would say it follows some of Bendis's, um, like, sort of mannerisms. 
yeah, some of his mannerisms, but I think it some it does him a lot better. Benderisms, Bendices, Bendicisms, Bendisms. Yeah, yeah. I found I like the page where she gets valid facts and she has all the flashes about everything. I thought that was interesting because that seems to connect her to not only Valifax, but also to uh, Madman, which yeah. I was confused about. Um, I guess the reason why I was confused about that was because he may have been holding Valifax, but that doesn't necessarily mean that she's connected to him, does it? I think you... Valifax absorbs every... everything that anyone holds. Every about... wielder yeah. of Valifax? Yeah. You know everything okay. about everyone who's ever wielded it. Yeah, not just not every wielder of every sword, but just anybody that's wielded Valifax mm. in their history. Also, I'm just going to point. Showing... Sorry, yeah, carry on. Just showing every relevant person to the story that's, you know, wielded Valifax. I haven't read God Country, so I don't know who a couple of these people are. Like, uh, well, whoever this kind of so... conquistador like person is. So the older woman is the daughter of the... Oh, well, the no, I got, I got that from the previous issue. I'm talking about this big splat, you know, this big page with all the different panels in the background. Like, uh, towards the bottom yeah, of the middle, the... there's a conquistador-like dude. Okay. The conquistador-like dude, I think, is... That one, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the gods. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's one of the gods of like war or something uh, from the universe of gods um, that Valifax comes from because Valifax is the god of swords and he is wielded by another god uh, or mm -hmm. a series of gods technically. Um, and that's kind of like his origin story. So how did Josh never read God Country? He reads every image. Number I don't one. know. How did you miss that. this? I'll be honest with you, God Country sold out so fast. I, I'm not surprised by that necessarily. There's, but the trade is there's everywhere. Plenty yeah, I, that I've wanted to go back and read. Uh, I I missed out on things like you know Rumble. I always wanted to go back and read that because that looked interesting, but I just missed the boat. Well, what's what's holding you back now? It's the pandemic. It's the perfect time, if anything, to read. Uh, all these lists of things I need to get to. I feel that I finally sat down and watched Total Recall the other day after putting it off for. Forever. The original, the which one? one? The original, of course. Okay, you can watch both. It's okay. Yeah, the new one was a. It was a watchable movie. Serviceable. Yeah. No, I can't hear you. What are you doing? Oh. <laughs> um, I feel like the ending was the thing that made this book uh good strong for me. Yeah, okay. I wasn't expecting yeah. this to become relevant so quickly. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be something... I actually forgot about it, to be honest with you. Really? Okay. I know. I, I, it's not really something that I usually forget, but for some yeah, reason... It, I it, was, it was in there, and like subconsciously I knew it would be coming back at some point, but I wasn't consciously reading this, like, where's begun? Right. Yeah. I love Donny Cates. I also acknowledge that there are some weaknesses that he has in his writing styles. Um Sometimes it feels like when you see a piece of artwork that has a little less color and you feel like it could have some more oomph. Sometimes when he's writing something, it could have a little bit more punch. I don't need it to be punchy every single sequence, but I guess what I'm looking for is more engagement. And this definitely left some of that engagement wanting, but I yeah. still had fun with it. One little detail I think made the scene quite powerful is, I don't know if you can see with me holding up, but he is crying heavily. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
and it's like no, this the detail someone... in the art is fantastic. Yeah, but it's yeah. like this is someone who's been raised to hate these supers, but he's a he's, fan. He's yeah, and now he's finally like he's gonna have to kill someone. He's crying his eyes out. He's been raised yeah. in such an environment of hate that you should think this would come easy to him. But yeah. no. Well... And it's not just like he's accepts he's got to do this. Like he is clearly visibly traumatized distraught. by having to do this. Yeah, distraught. And I actually, I'm not going to lie, I didn't really think about that too much, but I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you 100% in uh, the mindset that this would be like easy. You know, I feel no, like but I mean, true. like his his father and like a lot of his father's congregation very would, conflicted. They'd, yeah, they'd jump at the opportunity to kill a super and he's been raised in this environment where you'd expect him to feel slightly more callous towards stuff like this. I feel like he's been, that would be... He's been very, you know, he's a much more sympathetic character than you thought yeah. he might be from the first issue. And he hasn't really okay. had that much screen time either. Sure. I would actually posit a different argument here. I would actually posit that perhaps instead the reason why he's upset is is because he not is about to is not about to kill a super but rather that he is going to be like his father i yeah i see okay. that yeah okay that's a much better it argument than what definitely I said. could be included in that it definitely just strikes me that he has a lot of disdain for the hatred that his father carries you know i mean he recognizes that there's a lot of that carried with him you know i mean he, he's he is not... definitely reluctant to be part of his father's uh group yeah i mean i wouldn't i would make the comparison of like homophobia in the uh, religious household you know I, I feel like it wouldn't be unlike that necessarily maybe a weird comparison but it's, yeah. i would say it's not unlike it you know what i mean yeah yeah um the thing that i like about donny cates doing this is that i agree with a lot of what he thinks based on what I'm assuming he must be thinking on his storytelling experiences. Um, and he's also brought it from the South. So he obviously probably has some strong opinions about how some people are in the South while yeah. simultaneously loving a lot about it. Obviously, I mean, look at Redneck yeah. and God Country. He loves a lot of that Southern hospitality, yeah. Southern culture. He's not like, an old dude. Donnie Cates, uh, you were posting uh, about his, uh, some twit. Uh, some tweets between him and some other guys where they were talking about where they were in 2000 and he was a freshman and yeah. yeah he was a freshman in high school in 2000 so he's only you know 35 36 yeah. yeah a little bit he's about your still, age, yeah. still a wee lad yeah he's a couple years older than me because i started high school in 2003 right so he's 35 36 yeah which is funny to me because he calls himself a 90s baby but i mean i was born in 1991 so he, he I mean, I was born in the the eighties. You know, I wouldn't yeah. call myself an eighties kid. I yeah, came up born, in the nineties. He was born in eighty four. Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. I mean, I I I remember the nineties fairly well, but I guess I shouldn't yeah. necessarily call myself parts a 90s. of the nineties. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. anyway, after the uh, you know that panel we were just talking about, we get the big page, single page with the ellipses on it. Did sure. you expect to be there to be more? pages after that based on past issues yes yes i did there was also no ending sticker or anything you know there wasn't uh there was also a bunch of uh ads in the back so i thought there was going to be more story and all of that extra cushion definitely yeah. left me confused i mean there was a geiger advertisement there was an advertisement for home that was like four pages yeah. Um, yeah. i mean there was a lot of 
paper in the back of that. I guess I was kind of confused about that. It seems like a weird choice. I get it. It's image they're they're promoting themselves, but I, I, you know, I guess I was just kind of ho- I, yeah. don't get me wrong. That was a good way to end the book. I, I guess I was just expecting more at that point. Yeah. And issue six is supposed to be like, is going to blow everybody away. You know what I'm confused right? yeah. about? There's yeah. no, there's no letter column for this book. Yeah. Some people choose not to do that. Yeah, but he's got, you know, uh, Eddie Brock's uh, Venom Clubhouse, whatever it is. And then he's oh, got... The, okay, uh, well, that would be one of, of, like, the few people that do that for Marvel. No, I mean, Bendis has had some before, too. I mean, it's just not that something yeah. he really wants to do. It's mostly because people <laughs> shit on him all the time. They're like, fuck yeah. you, Bendis. He's like, I'm not going to include this. Why would I do that, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I, I, How did you know about has... the letter I sent him? <laughs> The uh, there's a letter column in Redneck. Um, I guess it's just an interesting choice. Is there a letter uh, column in God Country? Yeah, there was. Okay, and that's only they've only had what six issues of God Country. Yeah. Yeah. There was going to be a continuation at some point, but he has written the movie, and whenever that's getting made, who knows? Money, money, money. I know, right? I actually am very intrigued about that, but this might it, it could be the same thing that happened with. Uh, birthright remember i mean that got optioned for a movie forever ago and they're still not putting that together yeah everything's Um, been optioned there's so many things that have been optioned at this point i don't really care about if they make the movies or not i just care about like enjoying my comics at this point all right Um, any more comments about crossover crossover um you know i will say this one strength I really want to throw out there that I appreciate about how, what they're doing with this book is the PR that goes along with this. Um, there's a lot about this striking imagery that captures the attention to me. And I think that in that regard, that combined with the fact that like they actually went into this, wanted to make a book that was so comic booky that you couldn't make a show or a movie out of it. And I think that's a success. I think that they've succeeded yeah. in their goal. I'm all right. I when never you were thought talking that I was going to When you were talking about the PR, I thought you were going to talk about like the camaraderie between the different creators to that was you be know, something I was gonna pull this up. off. And then the, you know, back and forths they have on Twitter. Well, that not just that, but also look at Ooh. the covers. Like they did a Savage Dragon uh, cover for this. And the way they could make this a comic that could never be turned into a movie is if you have if you actually had a Marvel and uh, Marvel and DC crossover, because that movie would never be made with those legal. Ready scenes. Player One got made, and there were so many deals that were made to get that to happen. Mm-hmm. Where you've got you know Gundams fighting, you know what Godzilla or something. I saw a picture yeah. on Reddit earlier. You had there was a '60s Penguin and a um, Batman Returns Penguin on screen together. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen the movie, so I didn't know. And then I saw a picture on Reddit earlier. (laughs) So, I mean, there could be a question of fair use copyright law uh, not being infringed upon because when you're doing something that's a culmination like this, you're not laying claim to a character. So permissions are a little bit looser. You still do. You still do need to get permissions, but it's it's full possibility. Yeah, Um, I think everyone came together on Ready Player One to make that happen. It, that was easier to do because Steven Spielberg, Spielberg said that he wanted to. Yes, exactly. I mean, the behind the scenes, he he made the movie. You know, he was like, "Yeah, I, I want to." <laughs> you you made a book that celebrates everything that you that I made. Of course, I'm, I'm going to make this movie. <laughs> um, 
I think that uh, I, I was a little let down with the amalgam stuff. I think just because I kind of expected, I, I gave myself some hope there, and that was me letting myself down more than anything. You wanted more identifiable mentioned... components. Well, they said that the amalgam program was being put into place, and I expected it to be the amalgam comic book line with Kurt Busiek. So Could issue six have Dark Claw? If issue six doesn't have Superman and Thor and Hulk, we riot. I'm not gonna yeah, be but too the, worried about that. The Dark Claw's a pretty big thing from the Amalgam universe and like Amalgam's been mentioned. I would I would laugh really hard if that ends up coming out because that's such a crazy look like weird character. You know what would be even weirder is the Superboy Spider Man crossover character. What was that guy's name? I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm still really enjoying this book. Do you guys want to move on? Yeah. Sure, yeah. So Department of Truth cool. number seven. So I actually, this is the thing that I really want to talk Tyler about. By James Tyler IV and Tyler Boss. This Tyler's is the boss. issue that... I followed this artist immediately after reading this book. Uh, this is my pick of the week. This is my pick of the week as well. I love this. No, it's my this... pick of the week. <laughs> I cannot tell you how much I love this artist. I gotta look up more I of this I love stuff. this artist. Tyler Boss. Like, I, I, I want to see so much more of this guy's stuff. I want to get into the industry just to work with this guy. I love his work so much. <laughs> his Twitter handle is boy cartoonist. <laughs> I, okay. So I don't know if you guys are at all familiar with some of the old movies from like the 80s of uh, the Men in Black uh who ended up being aliens and they had big bl black bug eyes i'm kind of familiar yeah. it's probably like a twilight zone episode well, yeah i was gonna say twilight zone that sounds more like than a movie there is a twilight zone episode ish kind of but the there's a lot of speculation and before the men in black uh movies with will smith um, the men in black were agents who were, you know, what were in this book, who were going around and they were basically aliens who were trying to cover up everything, pretending to be humans, dressed up really nice. Um, this leans more into that, which I haven't seen in a long time. Um, the last time I saw something like this was a really, yeah. really, really, really bad 80s movie that was really low budget and probably made by like a family in Alabama or something. And... They make the distinction between the men in black and g-men mm -hmm. which was really important to do in my opinion because i mean for people who are unfamiliar with g-men probably actually sean do you know what a g-men is i was going to say so g-men was a nickname that was given to agents who worked with the fbi um, men mm -hmm. g-men so there actually was a comic book called g-men back in the day um what help me out here what was the name of the guy who used to wear women's clothing and started the fbi me Oh, Hoover? Sorry, <laughs> J. Edgar Hoover? Yeah, Hoover, thank you. Uh, so Hoover, I think, kind of popularized the language of the G-Men and everything with uh, the FBI. And the comic books sold a lot because of that. Um, this is kind of digging into that lore a little bit more, too. I There's so much about this that I love, but I'm just going to say, bef before I pass it off to you guys, my favorite part of this book 
was not just the fact that this was outlined so crisp, so beautifully, that these inks were so prominent, that these characters were so evenly uh, created throughout this whole book. But my absolute favorite part was the sequence where the man in black comes and visits the doc in his room. Oh, the colors man. pop so much in that. That I green felt, page there. That's exactly I what I was that. thinking. I, oh my God. This I book, felt that sense of dread. Yeah. This book just continues to be one of my favorite things I've ever read. I'm really not even kidding. Yeah, the horror and the way it's bringing in these different conspiracy theories in such a clear cohesive way that do they directly build the story it's yeah. really impressive there's like i mean the downward, in, having, like, camera angle right on his face oh my god yeah but like tying and making his character that appeared in issue one and then having a plan for his origin tying into a different conspiracy theory that we haven't seen yet yeah yeah there's uh, what what can you say that's bad about this series so far? You really can't. Yeah. I mean, there's so much about this that's been captivating in so many regards. And now even yeah. the artists that are guest artists on this are are, are chef's kiss. I love it. Like I really like the backgrounds that we see where we do the deviation to foil starting from there. And we have, you know, the, the sunset with kind of the, uh, I don't even know how to describe the clouds and the beautiful sunset that they have that transitions to basically having stars in every panel you can just see all Josh, the stars this is why i love having you on the show so much is because sometimes you just like say some of these things that i just pass over entirely and then i love going back and seeing that yeah it's great colors yeah it's fantastic yeah. who's the colorist on this <gasps> Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> Roman, Roman Titov. Roman Titov? Titov, yes. That, that sounds... Titov sounds like the surname that James Bond love interest would have. <laughs> All I get is a weird British-looking footballer. Oh, he no, wait, have, I found him. He might oh, have other hobbies. Interesting. He's worked for CD Projekt Red. And Surpri Boom Studios. Sur surprised he owns up to that. In the Buffyverse. Yeah, Boom Studios. So, okay, he's a... Uh, what is the white, blue, red's flag? Is that Serbia? Depends. Croatia, maybe. Okay. Uh, so it looks like he's originally from... No, I'm sorry. He's from Russia. He's Russia, uh, yeah. He did uh, Cyberpunk story called big city dreams uh, i've never even heard of that before uh interesting so there's been he multiple in russian yeah okay he's really good this is terrible radio sorry i was just getting distracted by some of his storylines and uh, stuff um yeah. yeah no i really enjoyed this tell me more guys what do you think yeah i do like the way like the way it does build dread and the way it does build some history in there as well building absolutely like, tynan has done a lot of research for this book and you can tell absolutely he seems like a young guy and boss seems like a young guy that seems pretty interesting or notable because 
the focus of the story is a very young character. Yeah. I mean, how young is he supposed to be here? He's 15 and there. And then when he goes back to hang out with uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, he's like a couple of years later. So 18. It, yeah, it seems like he might be a few years older. Okay. I'm not going to lie. The tinfoil hat thing really did not like, I, I hated that at first, but by the end of this issue, I was like, that's fucking genius. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause he is talking with, uh, I don't remember the name of the guy that recruits Lee Harvey Oswald in him. I don't remember. Uh, I don't know, but his, you know, when he's talking about all the different alien visits, uh, it's, you know, he references 1961 mm -hmm. and uh, Lee Harvey Oswald would have gone in here. It would be at least uh, when this is occurring, it's 1964 because he's been mm -hmm. in the bunker or whatever basement for six months. And this is right after Kennedy is assassinated, which I, I've I've read the book eleven twenty two sixty three, so I remember that date. Sure. So we're somewhere in nineteen sixty four, and then uh, when he's doing the interview, he references uh, a date of nineteen sixty one. So it can't be much later than that. So it's sure. only been like two, three years. Okay. So he's maybe seventeen. Man, you really uh, went out of your way to put the think about the math with that. Right on. Okay. Um, you know, the thing that I think I'm really looking forward to with this series is that I feel like it's going in a direction I didn't necessarily anticipate it going. Like it's becoming more, it's becoming bigger, I guess, on a grander scale. And I really dig that. I think that's what this is, what's making this a really big success so far. This is, this is still my favorite series uh, that Image is putting out right now. Yeah, it is very, very good. Mm -hmm. it, it's I, definitely I, I'm loving everything Tynan's putting out. I already am. Um, what do you guys think the show's going to be like at this point? X-Files? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of figured like that, but... It's going to be simplified a bit. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm hoping it's more like... I don't want the filler of X-Files. I hope it's like a strong, like 10 episode series, maybe even eight episodes. A limited series. series. Yeah. Yeah. Like have multiple seasons, uh, but don't have the monster of the week fillers. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, do you think they're going to do uh live action or animated? Probably live action. Live action. Yeah. yeah. It just strikes me that that would be a bigger. Did they announce who they're going through? Netflix, Paramount. Was... No. Okay. I don't believe so. I don't know. I guess I just feel like this would be uh, stronger if it was done in live action with that kind of same grain that they did with X-Files. Like, again, I agree. I don't think that like a monster of the week will be very fun. That worked out well with X-Files, but... Yeah, the thing yeah, is, though, I, like, when you have Monsters of the Week, you... Monster of the Week episodes are always, like, they bounce back and forth between... Some are really, really fucking good and the best episodes of the entire show, and then others are just unwatchable trash. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. I think the problem is too that like when you have so much of the background story, you can't just skip over the filler, right? Like you have some yeah. of the like if you don't watch like one episode in that season of like season two or something, you're like, why is this happening? You're like, oh, I you have to go back. Yeah. Like you, uh, there's no avoiding it. Sorry. 
Yeah, but uh, you can't do a uh, you know live action film that's all grainy and gritty. Like it's going to be much clearer than you know the artwork that we're getting in the normal issues. Like well, this is a special issue, but it, the other issues they they yeah. add in that graininess that uh, not so clear visual. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get that that's the storytelling experience with that. I guess what I'm saying is like one of the reasons why I think that X-Files was good artistically was because it was shot in the style that it was done. The cinematography, the film that they chose, you know, it wasn't perfect through and through, but one of the reasons why that was a success was because they chose a very, a very specific kind of dark toned strange story storytelling experience not unlike what they did with uh twin peaks okay you know what i mean i would i personally would like to see more experimentation if they do decide to go down that route with a live action show but i mean this kind of ties into what i had said before i mean i expect pretty much every adaptation at this point to be a failure and that's not really i don't want that to sound like i'm just really like bummed out i pray that every adaptation is good it's just at this point i just feel like a comic book is going to be a comic book and i'm going to let that be separate from other things like sometimes they're going to be good sometimes most of the times they're going to be really bad and i'm i'm just going to have to start letting myself just be like you know what this is my comic book that's that's it i don't need it to be anything else you know if if characters get cast that i don't agree with or storylines get changed that i don't agree with oh well I mean, look at what happened with Iron Man 3. I hated that when it came out in theaters, but I, I look back on that now and I'm still like, you know, everything but the ending was good. Yeah, I agree. The Iron Man yeah. All right. That's not a, not a popular opinion. I'm just saying that that's just like my take. Um, yeah, no, this is definitely my choice for this week. This was the one I had the most fun uh, reading. I, yeah, I'm telling everybody I know about this at this point who's, who's interested in reading something. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, well, that takes us um, on to Shadecraft number one by Joe Henderson and uh, art by Lee Garbutt. So, Josh, uh, what made you want to pick this up? Tell me about like how you heard about this. Um, despite it being an image number one. Yeah, it's just an yeah, image number one. Uh, when the weekly <laughs> discussion came out on the image subreddit, I saw some people mention that, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how this one made it past my radar because you know I've been trying to pick up. All the your, different your ones impeccable that come out. radar. Yeah, so like, I didn't. Radar. I didn't see this of a shot. No, I know. Well, I I go through the uh, solicits every month, and I must have just missed it. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't remember hearing chance. about this. Yeah, they uh, they mentioned Joe Henderson. He was a showrunner. Is a showrunner. The showrunner for uh, Lucifer, oh. and it was a decent show when it was on Fox. You know, cop procedural drama whatever uh but once it's moved to netflix it's been really great so i figured hey you know he does a pretty good job let's see how he does on this okay i like this i wasn't exactly as sold on it Uh, the the artwork i will say i did really really like yeah that's good but they spent so much time on this just being like oh yeah this girl's a weirdo this is very much a setup issue. Like, yeah. Yeah. I still, I'm still intrigued to see where it's going to go, though. But yeah, this I, issue doesn't stand on its own very well. It no, is just a lot of setting up. This, you could have cut this down to half the length 
to get to the point at the end and then done more after that. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, the ending I saw coming. Yeah, or you could have done. As, yeah, you could have done other things during the you know lead up to what's going on. Like, you know, it's all about shadows and stuff like that. And you could have had you know her shadow like oh go back and read it and look at what her shadow's doing the entire issue or something. And there's nothing like that. It's just you know oh she has a shadow whatever. Yeah, the like crux of the story is like this girl gets attacked by a shadow on a walk home one night. Oh, and it's it's uh, apparently it's set in the uh, uh, victorious iCarly universe because instead of having Apple products, they have pear products. <laughs> it's the easy way of getting around it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> yeah, so it's all right. You know, it's an interesting idea. What if, you know... Do we know how many issues this is? I don't think it actually this is says a limited how thing. many. Of... I might be mistaken. Don't quote me on that. I have no idea. I'm quoting you on this. Tyler Brown no. said it was limited. You heard it here first. He has no. to pay for every issue that comes after six. Damn, you guys. Damn it. Uh, only, only four are listed see. so far. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't say. Yeah, they've been pretty good. Image. Oh, this is the same creative team that created Skywood. Yes, they talk about that in the back of the issue. That's for Lucifer Link, because in one episode of Lucifer, um, is it Trixie, the daughter? Yeah. She had some Skywood comics. Yeah. Uh, Where is it? It's at the back, the uh, letter at the back. They talk about, you know, this is the next thing we wanted to do following in Willa from Skyward's footsteps. I never got around to reading Skyward. How was it? I don't think I've read it. Another image number one you missed, Josh. You're slacking. I know. I I've know. heard so many things about that. Like I've heard so many mixed things about Skyward. I've heard that it was... I heard really it was a lot of fun. And... Yeah, that's about what I've said. Uh, I've heard about it. Which is, okay, not a, not the greatest pitch when it's just like, it's fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I read stuff that's fun, but... Yeah. Like Zombie Tron. Yeah. Silly fun. That got me a little I confused. Haven't... Because uh, I thought they were talking about Robert Kirkman's Skyward. I'm like, oh, it's coming to an end. Oh, you mean Skybound? Skybound, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, no, Skyward is the story of like where gravity is inverted. Okay. Neat. That's what yeah, makes them like go. One, yeah, like one day randomly gravity just switches off. Oh, man. Yeah, it's really I got weird. another story for you where, you know, one day the sun just switches off. So not Kara. That's a joke. It's a dumb joke. I got it. I got it. It wasn't a dumb joke. You've actually been hitting them. Um, so what do you guys think? I actually didn't, like I said, I didn't get the chance to actually pick this up. Should I pick this up now? You guys seem kind of like, eh. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm going to check out issue two it, at least. Yeah. I'm always going to give it okay. like two issues. Yeah. Because it, it was fun, but it is just a lot of setup. And maybe the setup will pay off. Maybe it won't. Yeah. Okay. We'll, right. we'll, let you, we'll let you know like when issue said, two comes out. Like I said, they could have put this all into the first half of the comic and then done the second half. So I'm kind of kind of looking at number two as like the second half of the opening. Right. We'll yeah, see if it fair. pays off there. All right. 
There we go. That um, takes us on to another book Tyler didn't read this week because he's slacking because he's a terrible person. Uh, Decorum no, no, number I'm, seven. I am a whore. I am a whore. That's what it is. I'm horrible. Yes. Decorum Do you have number a PhD seven. PhD in horribleness. Decorum number seven by Jonathan Hickman and Mike Huddleston. Okay, now There's... make your jokes. There are so many people working on this. So this nah, is the last the issue, correct? No, second no, to last. Next. Oh. It's eight. I feel like this could go on longer. I don't know, you know, how the, they might wrap this up. The story, the two story threads sort of clashed together quite rapidly last issue. Yeah. And now it's wrapping up. And I do feel like there could have been a much softer verging of those two plots. Yeah. Mm. And well, I only read, yeah, I only read the first two issues, and I was like, "Oh my god, these are so thick, and take so much time, thick." And so I didn't read any issue until now. I'm like, "It's going to take Hickman forever to get this out, and then I'll forget everything." So I'll I've read been, it. When I've I been reading big... it weekly when it like I've been reading it when it comes out, and like I have been really enjoying it. But like the delay between issue six and seven was long, wasn't it? December was the last time. It went October, December, and so now. It's four months, nearly. Yeah. And two it's months too before long. that. Yeah. Uh, but once you make it past issue two, it works really well. It, it flows nicely. Yeah. There are a lot of like parts from the series I do really, I have really, really enjoyed. And like, like you said, I do wish this was longer because there's a lot of the world that I want to see. Like this yeah, whole world of assassins, it could go on for a long time, and I would buy it and read it. You yeah. know, I feel like um, as I've read this series, while I didn't read this issue, I feel like as I've read this series, the more it feels to me like a limited uh, series run of an anime or something. You know, like a yeah, twelve, issue, I see that. 12 yeah. episode anime yeah. or something. You know, not yeah. everything has to be explained, but you know, you get what's needed. That's yeah, kind of what you know, just... Hickman's style, where yeah, but it's everything just... he shows you gets used but he just there's so much world building already done in this and i want to see it explored so much more like this mm. guild of assassins just the world like we visit several planets and they all feel so alive and mm. yeah yeah and there's just a lot of work put into this for an eight issue series there's a lot mm. of work in, put into the characters too for it to be yeah. an eight issue series like there's a backstory for yeah. the main character. And yeah, like her... we've got the whole Neha with her family being cryogenically yeah. frozen because of a virus. There's a lot of like world building and backstory that's gone on that's you know, gone into this. There's uh somebody, his name's Drew on uh TikTok that I follow that was uh just finished reading the last book of Akira. And uh he was saying that the movie compared to the book is very because when they were making the film, apparently they were still the, the comic was still coming out, the manga. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that they couldn't put into the film and it's a lot more Lord of the Flies, you know, yeah. kind of storytelling with the actual book itself, the books. And I feel like that's probably the same thing here. I feel like there's so much going on that it adds yeah. to it, but it makes you want so much more. It kind of makes you question like, what's the limitation yeah. here? Why is this? I don't know. What do you think? On the other hand, I feel like the point you haven't read this, but I feel like halfway through this issue, they could have started the story, like explained away all of the first six issues and just started the story here. And you really? know, if it was an anime, that's where it would start is here in this issue. Hmm. 
Okay. I know you haven't read it, so I, I don't want to spoil too many things, but I feel like at the point where we kind of reach the actual story is here in this issue. I think I know what you're saying. Okay, that makes sense. Like everything could have been told for the first six issues or six and a half issues as like the prologue to this. They could have done that sure. as like backstory for for her. That actually, I feel like I've, I've, I've heard about like that storytelling device has been used before. I can't think of what I'm thinking of like in particular, but I do recall that there's uh, something that I've either read or watched that has a storytelling device like that. Um, I'm not opposed to that necessarily. I feel like that's just an experiment in how you want to tell your stories, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this whole book feels like one big experiment of like, how can I make this you know, and I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I feel like you're like trying not to spoil things for me. No, I wanted to go on a little tangent about, you know, the ordering of the story. Uh, did you ever see the uh, Chris Pratt? Uh, I can't even think of her name now. Jennifer... Lawrence passengers yeah passengers. Oh, yes passengers yes. where if you had you know changed the order of the story it would have made a better movie you know I like would... you know I do enjoy the order that this has gone in you know we get the relationship between Neha or Neha and uh, I can't think of her name now her mentor Miss Morley her mentor yeah yeah Crowley Scrowley Morley. Morley. Yeah. The relationship between her, between Neha and Corley, uh, Morley, you see that build through these issues and you can see the strain that is being put on them. If you had rearranged that and started from here and then showed how that strain between them happened, I think it still would have been good. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to tell Hickman how to write his stories. Hickman is going to Hickman. I'm, 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 now him him. About, I'm now just thinking about Passengers. That was a better movie than I was expecting it to be. Uh, it, it wasn't great, but like you compare the trailers to the final movie and it was a completely different movie. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess, but still not a very good movie at all. Anyway. The best part was Chris Pratt on his own at the beginning losing his mind. Then yeah. it sort of went in like a weird rom-com. Yeah, yes. I like how... Anyway, you could have rearranged the movie to have you know, the two of them meet at the start and then shown him by himself in the middle and then have them resolve things at the end. That might have made it better. Maybe. Maybe, yeah, that's yeah. not a good, that's an interesting point. Okay. So you could have um, showed Neha on this journey that she's just starting on, basically in this issue versus, you know, how she got to the start of this journey through the sure. first six and a half issues. Okay. Um, shall we move on to Bad Cat? Yeah, let's put, us, put ourselves Wow, you really don't feel very good about it, huh? Bad Cat number four by Tom King and Clayman. And I was Man, the only one who read this, like correct? This? Did you read it? I told you I didn't. You said I had to skip over it uh, because you said that you didn't like it. It Just nothing really happened in this issue. I'm going to call it up again and skip through it just to check I haven't forgotten anything. Josh, did you read this? No. I don't usually jump on things midway and I haven't been reading it. 
No, I really enjoyed issue three, but this issue just nothing really happens. It's just a load of Batman and Catwoman talking to each other. And it's, yeah. I mean, I don't mind that. I actually enjoy storytelling like that. No, there's like a few cool bits here and there, but just on the whole, this is like a really weak issue. Tell me what about it you think makes it weak? Because it lacks quality. (laughs) 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 We're going to go in a circle here. Yeah, like we have... If the issue starts with like a bomb being placed in an ice rink in um, Gotham. Okay. And then like halfway through the issue, it's like a flashback and it's like seeing as there and she's like, oh, Bruce, I should tell you, Joker planted a bomb. P.S. Yeah. You need to get this it, done. This feels like the worst of his Batman run turned up to 11. So they're married in this, right? They're married in part of this. This story takes place in three different time periods. Okay. So it's weird. It's jumping back and forth. And yeah. This issue's just not doing it for me. And like I said, I really enjoyed last week's issue or last month's issue. But this just stumbled. Okay. Um that, we don't we can just move on from there then because you're the only one. Yeah, I don't really have much to add on it, to be honest. Okay. Cool. Uh, that's okay. We can move on. And it's going to be Strange Adventures 9, Tom King, Mitch Garrett's Doc Shainer. I spoke a lot about the last Tom King book, so you can take the lead on this one. Um, well, before I go into it, Josh, did you have any thoughts about this? He didn't read what, it. What, me? No, I don't yeah, read did it. You, you didn't read Strange Adventures? I haven't been collecting it. No. Oh, man, I'm surprised. I, didn't get on I, feel, like you, I feel like you would Someday, really appreciate this. You know. <laughs> There's so I know it's like a restart of the whole thing, but I've never read no. any of the stuff from the uh, what 60s and 70s. It's not a restart at all. It's a, it's just it's isolated by itself entirely. Whatever yeah. you want to call it. I feel like there's just so much, you know, history with it. I mean, I don't know anything about uh, Adam Strange at all until I read this. Like, I didn't. I went into this completely blind, and I've just been enjoying it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I think the thing that makes this issue strong was it. I'm constantly reminded in the back of my mind when I'm reading Tom King's story in regards to this, that he was in the CIA and that he was a soldier. And when I think about that, I think about, okay, well, is it that he's telling me, the audience member, uh the royal me about his trauma going through those experiences and that he's trying to say something about war and the pointlessness of war and in specific when it comes to war tactics or is it that that's the storytelling experience because i don't want to make assumptions about somebody just because he's the writer of this like i don't assume that somebody's depressed and suicidal just because they write a depressed suicidal character right you know um I feel like the strength that comes from this is having that trauma feel so believable and the mistakes that follow that trauma instead of just making it, oh, he's tra- he's got trauma, so that makes him interesting. Yeah. Because I see Tom, that so often. Tom King really understands making these characters have trauma, making the trauma feel 3D and realistic and fully flashed. Yeah. Because, yeah, Tom King, I believe he does have some form of depression and some form of maybe PTSD because he has got a therapy dog. 
Yeah. And I mean, I think that that's, I think one of the reasons why he came back is because he got injured at some point, but yeah, quite possibly. I mean, from, when I'm reading this, what I'm picking up is that it's not just that he's trying to tell a good story. It's that there's a message here, but it's not something that's so in your face preachy. You know, it's very, let me tell this, this story that has that little side serving of this experience. And from what I'm, what I'm picking up from this is just because you're doing something that might be good, doesn't mean that you get to do something bad in the name of good. Yeah. You know, and a part of me was kind of confused because I couldn't tell if the secret mission that Adam was on was the big bad thing that he did, like the lack of humanity, or was it that they were leading that's, up to that's going to be thing? an that's got to be an issue eleven thing we got. It has to, right? Yeah, at this point. So I also really, really, really liked the interaction between Adam Strange and Superman. That point felt really emotional for me because he did come to him at some point and say, Hey, Superman, I, you're, you're Superman. Like, why wouldn't I come to ask you for help? Like, please help my people. And he said, no, I mean, he, he's, yeah. he was the ultimate superpower. I wonder if that's a metaphor. Maybe it's a loose one for people asking for help from America, you know, because why wouldn't they go to America and what is Superman, if not a representation of America, you know, yeah, a foreign ally seeking aid and, being forced into a pigeonhole in the acts of a war because their allies didn't come to their aid. Think about how much it's, could have happened. Could have this entire thing could have been avoided if Superman came and and helped him. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about. Really, I didn't really think well, about it like that. Yeah, think follow along this line of thought with me here. Think about that for a second, because if like you were a soldier of war and you were a representation of something and then you went to an ally that you knew has like an innumerable amount of strength why wouldn't you want to go ask them for help and then to have yeah. that denied and now in this moment of need he's being turned away and being kind of given the the blind eye the cold shoulder and that's heavy you know i'm it picturing out seeing yeah and from tom king's perspective him seeing people Yeah, I know. I don't want to make any assumptions, too. And it's hard for me because like I, I'm really walking on eggshells here because I don't want to assume things about what it was like for him to have the experience that he had no. as a soldier in the field and everything. So what I'm going to say instead is I'm assuming that some of his experiences have helped him as a storyteller. But I also understand that he's also just a really good storyteller. And it's just not it's not that he experienced trauma. So he's a good writer. I don't think that. Yeah, no, he's, he's a good writer with trauma. Yes. But if if um, we follow that line and say Superman represents America, what does Batman represent? Because he's here and Adam's like, you like you said you'd leave me alone, like why are you here? I think that if that's the case, you know, if Mr. Terrific is the third party, then I think that uh maybe Batman represents the government. Yeah, that's possible. You know? Or maybe he represents the investigations of the FBI into uh, wrongdoings and acts of war or what Congress does. I feel like that that would be the case because, I mean, what happens here, Adam Strange still saves him when he gets shot. So yeah. he's still doing the right thing. He's still being a good person. He just made a really big mistake. 
and did something really bad. And we still don't know. What yeah, we don't whole... know what the mistake is. And like, we don't know whether he's going to be the real villain of the story. Yeah. Yeah. It. I, yeah. This I series is that... really making me like, this series does have me on the edge of my seat, like wondering. Yeah, where I agree. Go. Yeah. I mean, if it's not that there's like this compelling uh, experience with the art where it shifts the way that it does, which is my favorite way that they've done this before. It's not page and then page. It's panel then panel. And that's how it should be, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, if you had asked me, you know, at the beginning of Heroes in Crisis, what I thought this, what the, the story was going to be like, I thought it was going to be something more like this. And I'm happy that this is still going yeah, on the I way agree. that it is. Yeah. I but wish what, Heroes what in Crisis was Heroes like this. Crisis? I know. That was Dan Didio's fault. Uh, maybe i mean it definitely seemed like there was a lot of interference with that um well tom king's original pitch was just more of a straightforward like these heroes are in a like a rehab center kind of thing and it was didier who was sure. like let's make it a murder mystery right i i wonder what it would have been like for him to just like tell that story because i like, wish what... i wish editorial would just let tom king do what he wants and yeah not keep fucking no, i agree that. um The thing I actually love about this is their constant ability to make characters that are kind of in the sidebar so goddamn fascinating. Like, Mr. Terrific is a fascinating character in this. Yeah. And the sequence where he, like, writes the letter. Oh, my God. That was powerful, yeah. I'm very excited about how this wraps up. I wish that there was more stories out there like this. I feel like there's so many people who can learn from Tom King from this. What didn't you like about this issue? It felt very much just one of the sort of normal, like, it's that awkward point where it's approaching the end, but it's not really the part of the story where it's going to wrap up. So it just very much sure. felt a little like filler and a little like just sort of taking things off a list. See, I don't mind that very much because I no, feel it, like it's, I not, it's not a strong complaint, but like, if I had to give it a fault, that would be it. It feels like the, the the teetering point where things start to uh, transition off the rails, and I, I think that's yeah, when this was. The yeah, this was what was it? Issue nine. Yeah. Ten so will probably more. end. Ten will probably be a little bit of filler early on. It might end with something setting up issue eleven. Issue eleven is going to be the big woof, yeah. and issue twelve is going to be dealing with that. I think. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, I feel like my biggest complaint was. Um, the single panel with uh, Mitch Garrett's drawing Adam Strange throwing Batman over his shoulders. That panel was kind of awkward, um, which is weird because I like Mitch Garrett's and I typically like his art. Um, that one just yeah. kind of felt awkward. It just it was shaped strange. I see it that. It seemed yeah. like that was, you know, like anatomically correct. Um, there was also, did you notice a lot of white space on uh, the pages? And I don't know if I necessarily liked that. That's not necessarily a creator's decision, but it, seemed strange to me i don't know yeah well i guess it's just the type of paneling they're choosing to do and also, oh, also you said that um the transitions were page to page not panel to panel they're just scrolling no, through no. it now there I are said several... the other way around oh it's i was saying that's why page. i like it oh, okay yeah, yeah sorry yeah, yeah. okay yeah you're, you're okay um i'm also kind of confused about um well, I guess not confused, more like, God, that was really fucking cheesy, was seeing uh, Adam in his undercover black suit, and it was literally his costume, but just black. That was so cheesy. 
It reminds me of the stealth suits from Young Justice. Oh my god, yeah, absolutely. Oh my god. Fuck you. <laughs> I hate you. I'm American. Yeah. I say, oh my god. I did. That was pretty good. <laughs> Totes my goats. Totes my goats. Like, I got the fucking hair for it now, okay? Yeah. Uh, um... Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's all I've got yeah, to say so, about it. Um, do you want to do your shoutouts? Yeah, what else do people read this week? That was it for me, but I wanted to go back to Department of Truth real quick because I go remembered a criticism I had for it. Uh, in the first couple of page, the first, uh, the second and third page, it goes all the way across the two pages. So you go all the way across and you go down one row and you go all the way across, go down one row, go all the way across. And then you turn the page and the next two pages, you go all the way across the first page down all the way across and you just go down and then you go to the next page and go down. They didn't keep the same sort of go across and go down for the two pages like they did the two pages before. Right. Which is kind of, it's, it's annoying. Yeah, I mean, I can see that criticism. Yeah. It doesn't line up as much. Like, no, they do it again. They uh, they go all the way across the page uh, a couple pages later. They keep going, and then they don't do it again a couple mm. pages later. They go back and forth on this, and it's annoying. Yeah, I can see that criticism. Yeah. Okay, well, okay. I read The Nuclear Family number two this week by Stephanie Phillips and Tony Shustine. Ooh, how'd you like that? I It's weird. I like it, though. Okay, I like weird. All right. I uh, I yep. just ordered uh, issue number one, so I can finally uh, pick yeah. that up. Well, I won't go into too many spoilers then, but yeah, this continues where issue one left off with them in this new post-apocalyptic world and civilizations have been erected. Okay. Is yeah, it very Fallouty, or is it more? I wouldn't really compare it to Fallout. It's okay. an alternate history, isn't it? Yeah, because one thing well, I will say on is, the story. yeah, he meets someone who he worked with in the first issue in the real world, and mm. this person doesn't recognize him. Hmm. Okay. So um, basically, I... some sort of alternate timeline or alternate history or something. Let's see here. I don't think I read anything else at this point. Um... Yeah, uh, that's going to be it for me, actually. Okay, well, I also read The Flash number 768 this week by Jeremy Adams and Brandon Peterson. Wally West is back as The Flash, people. So I started reading this a little bit, but I just... Brandon Peterson is not my favorite artist. Yeah, I really don't like him. It's His artwork is... It's a weird blend of 3D models and tracing. Yeah, well... So I acknowledge and that it's very digital. Yeah, that's not really my thing. It's not my jam. I don't. I don't know what it is, but like seeing something digital on two-dimensional paper is just not that appealing to me. I don't know why. Yeah, but then it breaks into. Um, I've forgotten the creator's name. Give me a second. Uh, Marco Santucci artwork a little later on when it breaks into a different. Um, when Wally goes back in time. And it's just mm -hmm. much, much nicer to read with that. 
but yeah this isn't the best thing i've ever read but like i really appreciate it for putting wally back in the driver's seat and okay. it it has some fun ideas some fun concepts it feels very 90s in a good way when do you think the last time somebody released like a this comic is in 3d and then includes 3d glasses with it um that's been a while i know that there was something maybe 10 years ago but i can't think of what it was yeah, who's um, the next one to try that kind of gimmicky sort of thing Oh, no, you know what? I do know exactly what it was. It was David Marquez uh, with a book that came out fairly recently uh, that he made with his wife. It was called the... Oh, man, that's going to bother me now. I'll have to look into that. But I remember that specifically because he was... Uh, David Marquez worked on a scanner... Not a scanner darkly. What was the name of the movie with uh, Robert Downey Jr.? No, yeah, it was Scanner Darkly. yeah. It was with Robert Downey Jr. and Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the he worked on the ret- the rotoscope kind of uh, style with that, and he worked on this uh, thing with his wife called. I'm looking at it now. The Joiner. The Joiners is that it? Maybe it was, the Joiners uh, in 3D. It was kind of an independent story that he did. Yes, it is the joiners. Okay, 2014. Yeah, maybe a little before. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Okay, Okay. well, I think that's going to wrap up our uh, stories uh, for this week. Yeah, so what people's picks of the week? Oh, I mean, Josh and I are in agreement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was very good, but my choice has to go to Flash. Okay. Just, yeah. You like it that much? It, like, as I said, it wasn't the best thing I've ever read. It wasn't the best thing. It's not the best written thing, but I appreciate what it did. You're really selling this to me. No, but like, I did enjoy it. Like, it feels 90s in the best ways. It feels like a um, Mark Wade filler issue. I was going to ask. Okay, cool. I mean, like, a filler issue in his run, not him doing a filler issue. Yeah. I understand what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, like, cool. Yeah, and I just appreciate it. It's, it's put Wally back, and I'm so happy. Because Barry, Barry is a boring character. Uh, I disagree, but I respect that you're feeling. No, you're wrong, but that's okay. You can have your opinion. That's okay. Um, that's our show. Thank you yeah, very much for watching. Yeah, we've also got stuff coming next week. If you want me to list oh, that off. please do. Well. Go for yeah. it. Uh, so it's got Batman number 107, mm-hmm. uh, which is carrying on the Scarecrow story that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the King in Black finale and the Venom finale. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Venom penultimate issue. Yeah, because 200 um, is coming out next month. Yeah. Um, we've also got Nocterra number two, uh, the Swamp Thing number two, um, Far Sector number 11, by about oh. 10. Um, and then a few number ones we're looking forward to. We've got Geiger number one by Jeff Johns and Gary so Frank, which we are all looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also got the next Batman Second Son number one, which me and Tyler might check out, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm picking it up for sure. Okay, I'll take a look at it if it's a number one. Yeah. Um, also, a book Tyler's really looking forward to. We have Green Lantern number one by Jeffrey Thorne and Dexter Soy. 
I'm willing to give it a chance because I want it to be a strong, because it's Green Lantern. Of course, I want it to be a success. But I'm I'm holding out hope. And then, last but not least, one I think we're all looking forward to, which is the Silver Coin Number One by Chip Zdarsky and Michael Walsh. Yeah. Cool. And that's yeah. that's next week's sources. We yeah. got the uh, right. final issue of Origins, six of six. I forgot about that. Yes, we do. I need to read five, but I'm planning on finishing it this week. Cool. Oh, also, I should probably mention Tyler's new favorite book is coming out, Magic the Gathering, number one. Oh, I picked up like five uh, covers for that, man. I'm already ready. You're just a terrible, like... <sighs> You're only saying that because you haven't made love to me yet. <laughs> that's our show uh thank you very much for watching listening subscribing uh you can support us by going to our patreon.com which is going to be cult of comics podcast uh or sorry rather uh, cult of comics uh you can also support us by subscribing to our youtube channel where we uh, update weekly uh both news videos and uh weekly readings as well as some bonus episodes uh we did a series of bonus episodes for wandavision um we have stopped doing the bonus episodes for talking to the winter soldier although i will tell you i do eventually want to have a discussion about it because this last yeah. couple episodes have been very powerful for me so good um and you can support us by subscribing to that channel liking it uh sharing it with your friends leaving a comment uh you can also subscribe to our podcast feeds on uh spotify breaker Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast locations we're gonna, which are going to be distributed by Anchor.fm, which we go through. Thank you, Anchor.fm, for sponsoring us. It's the easiest way to get started making your very first podcast. Uh, today is Sunday, April 4th. This has been episode 14. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe out there. All hail. And, oh, right, you can also find me on uh, Twitter, uh, at PurgatoryTyler. Uh, Sean, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, at SeanWalsh747. And Josh can be found hiding in the Appalachian Mountains with uh, the gorilla people of the wilderness who have foregone their human names for the sake of the war upcoming war with robots. <laughs> Thank you very much for supporting the show. Thank you for checking us out. Have an awesome rest of your day. Stay safe. All hail.